Welcome to episode 114 of the first 40 miles. If you're new to backpacking, or if you're hopelessly in love with someone who wants you to love backpacking, then this podcast is for you. We'll talk about the essentials, how to lighten your load, and how to make the most of your time on the trail. I'm your host, Heather Legler. And I'm Josh Legler. And this is The First 40 Miles. Today on The First 40 Miles, we have work to do. Winter is summer prep for backpackers. Then we'll share the top five extras that you'll want to consider next time you pack. For the Summit Gear Review, a day pack that packs down to the size of a baked potato. Next, a backpack hack of the week that will fill up those dark winter days with a flood of backpacking memories. And we'll wrap up the show with a little trail wisdom from someone who knew how to hike light. All this, and that's about it. Today on the first 40 miles. It seems like we make it out on a backpacking trip maybe about every two months or so. I mean, looking back, October, August, June, March slash April, January slash February. So that's five trips last year. But it gets harder when the days get darker and shorter and colder. And a lot of the higher elevation trails are closed or covered with snow. So, yeah, it kind of, uh, kind of closes off some of our options for where to get out to when we want to go backpacking in the winter. Right. You know, I mean, wintertime is just a hard time to really get out there on those trips. And, and I feel like it's been about two months since we've been on a backpacking trip. Actually, it's been three months already since oh, that wow. trip. Yeah. And so I'm getting that feeling of like, ah, we need to get out on a backpacking trip again. Of course, we do day hikes in the meantime. We've had some really great day hikes, even when the weather hasn't been great. Oh, yeah. And even last night, we got together with some friends. And I would say the bulk of the conversation was summertime plans. And we had friends that were going to be going to Glacier National Park or that wanted to do the rim to rim to rim in the Grand Canyon. And they were talking about past trips that they'd taken. And I think the inspiration behind that conversation was that it was such a cold, dark day yesterday. And we kind of wanted to relive some of those happy summer trips that we'd taken. Yeah, right. Wintertime is the time to dream about all the trips you're going to take in the summer. Yes. Oh, you know, winter is lovely. The snow is beautiful. There are so many lovely things about winter. But summer is incredible because you can really live life to the fullest on the trail. You don't have to be all mummied up in your sleeping bag or straight jacketed in all of the layers that you're wearing. You're just a lot more free to move and you can be a lot more creative in your camp setup. You can put up a hammock or sleep out under the stars, however you want to do it. Summertime is wonderful time. Right. But that doesn't mean that wintertime is wasted. Right. There's so much to do in the winter if you're a backpacker. Because for backpackers, winter is summer prep. We do some of our gear shopping and, you know, gear repair, that kind of stuff in the wintertime. And I'd say we do a lot of research and dreaming and talking and 
Scheming,、uh, <laughs> planning. Right, it's what keeps you excited through the winter time. Right. Just yesterday, I waterproofed a map. I was testing out this waterproofing stuff. It's the Nikwax TX Direct, and you're supposed to spray it on your tent and your gear to waterproof it. But I'm trying it out on maps because I heard that it works to waterproof your maps. Which is pretty cool. Well, that's a good thing to try in the winter time. Yeah, because you'll get plenty of opportunity to to get it wet. <laughs> oh yes, for sure. Another thing that you can do in the winter time to kind of relive those summer memories is to do your photo editing and then definitely post them on social media. And you know, the hardest thing for me in the winter time is、uh, physical fitness, keeping myself in good physical condition to be ready for. The next trip, I just I'm a lot more sedentary in the winter, and we eat lots more food that we probably shouldn't eat in the winter. <laughs> Or if we were less sedentary during the winter, then those calories would be put to good use. So that's a tough one for me. I don't know any anything we can do about that. You mean as far as staying in physical condition? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think when something is harder, whatever effort you do put out goes a lot further. So like. A walk around the block, which you're really good about getting out every single day and doing that. I think that counts for even more than it would if you did that in the summertime. Well, you might be right. Even though I might not walk as far of a distance, so I'm not getting the same workout for my leg muscles, for example. But I'm walking in a different climate. It's cold, and I'm kind of shivering, and and so my body is being exposed to. Something in a you know something different that is good for it. Yeah. To、uh, you know to respond to that cold and and build up my cold tolerance. Yeah. So like even though you're not getting the same cardiovascular or you know the same workout, I think you still get life points for going out in the、oh, cold. Okay. So <laughs> it's, it's a thing. Look it up. Life points. Nice. <laughs> well, all in all, I think the funnest part of Uh, of summertime prep that we do in the winter is planning for those trips. The backpacking group that we go with each fall, we talk to each other throughout the year, just talking about next fall's trip and you know where we're going, toss around ideas, and then pretty soon after a while, we're talking about a specific route or different route options that we're going to take. And you know, day one is going to look like this, and day two like this. We end up getting it on the calendar, and then, of course, you know, as summertime rolls around, then we get into maybe some shakedown hikes, meeting as a group to really discuss the itinerary in detail, make those final plans. But throughout the winter and spring, it's all about just those ideas and the excitement of, oh, this is where we're going. It's going to be so cool. Let's look at some pictures. You know, we just get really excited. And I think another fun thing about winter is that first day of winter that's really sunny. That gives you hope for the spring, where you're like, okay, spring is the shoulder season. Spring is when I really can realistically plan a little low elevation backpacking trip and get out. And it might, it might work out. Like the weekend that I pick might be dry. And it might be sunny, and we're just gonna go for it. Right, and that varies depending on where you live. Here in Oregon, that day is the day when you head out to the coast, and it's sixty degrees out there 
on the coast. And it's like, whoa, this is so nice. You know, in a place like Minnesota, it's the day that all of a sudden it's above zero that day. <laughs> and you're like, oh, this is great. Let's wear shorts. And, you know, and in Arizona, it's the day when it's like in the 70s again. You're like, oh, okay, this is finally survivable. <laughs> so winter is definitely a challenge. But it's also a great opportunity to start getting ready for summer, especially if you're just brand new to the idea of backpacking and you're like, oh, I just want to get out there. You have so much to plan for and so much work to do. And then when summer hits, you are going to be unstoppable. For today's top five list, we have for you the top five extras that you'll need on your next backpacking trip. And by extras, we mean those things that are kind of easy to burn through or that you may use a lot of that you will be so glad that you had an extra of or a couple extras. So the first extra that you'll need on your next backpacking trip is extra food. If you've planned out your menu already, then why would you need to pack extra food on a backpacking trip? Well, extra food is one of the 10 essentials. So whether you're going on just a little day hike or a week-long trip, always bring a little extra food. And there are some good reasons for this. First, extra food isn't just for our physical well-being. Extra food can really help your psychological well-being as well. If you kind of get turned around on the trail and you're disoriented, you can relax and maybe think a little more clearly when you realize that you actually have an extra day's worth of food in your pack. And that may help you to make better choices when you're trying to reorient yourself. You're not going to be as panicked. So it gets you out of the scarcity mindset where you're yeah. making a a decision based on the fact that, oh, I'm almost out of food, so I'm going to have to take this risk so right. that I can make it back in time. Exactly. Second, and this is really important for new backpackers, you may have underestimated the amount of calories that you needed on this trip. I think for the most part, though, if you've done your research, you are going to go the other direction and you're going to overestimate and you're going to way overpack your food. But I would rather go over on food than go under on food because we've had that experience before. We have. I could see it being a problem for a first time backpacker where you say, well, you know, the average adult needs about 2000 calories a day, so I'm going to pack 2000 calories. And not factoring in the fact that you'll be walking for 5 or 10 miles with uh, 40 pounds on your back that day. So if you're going to pack an extra day's worth of food, you could put in like three to five energy bars, a couple peanut butter packets, and then a package of sugared drink mix. So this isn't really like meal food. It's more like food to help you survive another day or another couple days. And I thought it was really interesting when we ran short on food on our beach trip. We actually had quite a lot of drink mix with us. We had some noon tablets and some tang. And when you're hungry, flavored water goes a long way. Like you said, the extra food should all be the stuff that you can just grab in little pieces. You know, whether it's some, some drink flavoring mix or granola bars or snack mix, that kind of stuff. I don't ever pack 
for example, an extra freeze-dried dinner yeah. as extra food. The problem is that it's just too inconvenient to use that when you need it. I mean, extra food is the stuff you didn't plan for. So you're not at your campsite with your stove out. You're on the trail and you're a little hungrier than you thought you'd be. And that's not the time to stop and pull out your extra freeze-dried dinner that you brought. It's the time to pull out that extra granola bar that you packed or that extra trail mix. Yeah, another reason to bring extra food is that that extra food could help someone else. You never know what's going to happen on the trail, who you'll run into, what needs might come up. And just having that extra food makes it possible for you to maybe be of service to someone on the trail. And lastly, extra food is just really nice to have on the ride home. Sometimes it's a long drive back home and to have just a couple extra granola bars or energy bars makes the drive a little easier. And how much extra food should you bring on a trip? Um, Heather, you mentioned a minute ago an extra day's worth is a good amount to bring. If you're on a five-day trip, that means you're bringing one extra day's worth of food. If you're on an overnighter, that still means you're bringing an extra day's worth of food. Even if you're on a day hike, you should probably have those extra calories uh, in your pack. You should definitely have those extra calories in your pack. Sorry, you're right. It's those day hikers, the ones that get stranded overnight and end up, you know, with no food, no shelter. Right. So if you're on a week-long trip and you get into trouble midway through the trip, okay, you've still got four days of food left or whatever. That's great. If you get into trouble on the day before the last day of your trip, then you're still okay because you've got the extra day's worth. And, and so that's, that's why you always bring an extra day's worth regardless of the length of your trip. Now, how much does that weigh? If you're packing food that's calorie dense, that's 100 calories per ounce or above on average, then you're probably looking at one to two pounds of extra food. The number two extra that you'll need for your next trip is extra plastic bags. So this would be either Ziploc bags or a huge garbage bag. Ziploc bags are great because they're cheap, they protect your electronics or other things that you don't want to get wet, like a notepad or a book, and they're clear so you can see all of your gear. And as long as they're fairly well taken care of, they're watertight. And recently I've seen two gallon Ziploc bags, so you could even use those as stuff sacks for your clothing. That's a really inexpensive way to go on waterproof stuff sacks. Definitely. And then a big old trash bag, I think that should be in everyone's 10 essentials. They're one of those MacGyver items that can do so much. So a trash bag can be a tarp, it can be emergency rainwear. They can be cut up and wrapped around your feet so your socks won't get wet in the rain. Trash bags can also be filled up to transport water. They can protect your pack from getting wet. And they're lightweight and cheap. So there's really no reason to not have just a big garbage can liner in your pack or in your 10 essentials. The number three extra that you might need on your next trip is an extra set of eyeglasses or contacts and solution. So if you've got perfect eyesight, oh, I'm envious <laughs> and you don't need any of these. But if you're like me, uh, you know, I'll usually wear contacts on the trip and I'll bring contact solution. Then I have my glasses as the backup, as the extra. Or if you're wearing glasses, maybe you'll bring the contacts as the extra. But the last thing I would want for myself, and it's happened to me once, 
is to get out there without glasses and then lose a contact and have to try to hike five miles back to the trailhead with my horrible eyesight. (laughs) Anyway, we talked about glasses and contacts uh, more in depth on episode 99, which was Blink, the eyes episode. The number four extra that you'll need for your next backpacking trip is extra power. Now, extra batteries have always been on the 10 essentials list, and this used to be for your torch flashlight. So you would always have to bring an extra set of those D batteries or C batteries. But now power has changed and power now comes in the form of a bank or a solar charger. Yeah, it used to be the size and shape of the batteries themselves that were standardized. And nowadays it's just the interface that's standardized. You know, as long as you can plug it in through USB, then you can use any battery pack to recharge any device. And this is great because so many of our devices or our electronics have that micro USB and can be charged with a power bank. And so you can have one power bank with you on the trail and use it to charge your phone, your your camera, your headlamp, your stereo pen, all of these things that used to have AA or AAA or D or C batteries can all be charged with a power bank. So as long as you have a loaded power bank or a solar charger to charge that power bank, then you are good to go. And the number five extra that you'll need for your next trip is extra time. So here's the plan. We're going to wake up at 4 a.m., be out on the road at 5 a.m., arrive at the trailhead by 6.45 a.m., get a picture of the group and be on the trail by 7 a.m., then hike six miles, and at two miles an hour, we'll be in camp by 10 a.m., and we'll set up and check out the lakes. Okay, that's the plan. (laughs) But what really happens? We get out the door at 9 a.m., we get to the trailhead around noon, Ah, it's noon already. I guess we might as well have lunch. Right here at the trailhead. (laughs) Right. Start hiking at one. So we're already three hours. I mean, we haven't even started hiking and it's three hours after we planned on being at the campsite. Yeah. And and this isn't just a phenomenon that happens in our family or families with kids. I think a lot of people can relate with this. You have these plans, you, you know, you schedule out your morning and then... I think the more people you add into those plans, kind of the more those plans morph. So extra time is always great. Don't have such a tight schedule for your morning that you're setting yourself up for disaster later on. Disaster. That sounds so... (laughs) Not disaster, but just... Disappointment? No, inconvenience. You know, like getting to camp and it's dark and you're like, oh man, we should have left a little earlier. But, you know, I guess... Plan some margin into your day so that if things don't go as you plan or if you get off schedule, it'll still be okay. I think this was uh, one of the surprises for you on your very first backpacking trip. You know, in your mind, it was like, well, we're going to hike about 10 miles a day or less. So that's about five hours of hiking per day. And then that leaves another 10 hours a day of awake time doing nothing. Yeah, definitely. And then reality was, We left, we broke camp early in the morning, started hiking, and we were eating dinner in the dark. Yeah, so extra time, I mean, it's not just for getting to the trailhead, but extra time on the trail because, yeah, everything does take a little bit longer when you're backpacking. You need to factor that in for sure. 
And personally, I think backpacking is one of those opportunities, a rare opportunity for me to get away from the schedule. And so if you just schedule your whole backpacking trip out so tightly, then I don't know, that feels a bit like being back at home and being at work. Yeah, you're a slave to the clock. Yeah. 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 So extra time is nice on the trail. Okay. So these things on our list today, uh, extra food, extra plastic bags, glasses or contacts and solution, extra power, extra time, everything but the extra time has weight. And if I go way back to episode one of the podcast, we talked about things that you could leave home in order to save some weight on your backpacking trip. And on episode three, we talked about if you shave the ounces, the pounds will follow. And somewhere in there, I don't know if it was one of those two episodes or later, we talked about, like, you, you see these scouts that their their mom said, <laughs> oh, bring this, bring that, you know, just in case. Uh-huh. That was the thing we talked about was throw it in just in case. And we said, you know, just in case is not enough of a reason to bring extra this or extra that. So now we're saying you should bring extras of these things. Why do these make the cut? Why are we yeah. saying bring extras of these when in the past we've said just in case is not enough of a reason to bring extra of something? Well, I think the main reason is because these items aren't just in case items. These are true survival items that can really make the difference between hiking out on your own or being life flighted out. Extra food is one of the 10 essentials. Extra plastic bags are, I believe, a survival item, especially large trash bags. Contacts and the glasses, well, I'd like to see you survive for <laughs> one trip without those. That That's it rough. It would not be pretty. No. And then extra power. You know, I think if that hadn't been on the 10 essentials list in the past, I may have cut it from this list. But because batteries were on the 10 essentials list, I thought, you know, we really do need that extra power. Just a little bit of extra power to either recharge the flashlight that got turned on in your pack or to recharge your phone if you're using it for, you know, maps or taking notes or whatever. So I'm sticking with extra power as a necessity, as one of the essentials. And then extra time, yeah. It doesn't weigh anything. But I would say these are not just-in-case items. For me, a just-in-case item would be a mystery novel that you cram in your pack just in case you get bored, you know, or or in case there's downtime and you're, I don't know. I don't want to judge anyone's decision because maybe (laughs) having a mystery novel is something that's really important to you on the trail. But there's the difference between the person who carries the mystery novel intending to read it and the person who throws it in just in case they have time to read it. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah, hike your own hike. You can put whatever you want to in your pack. But I really believe these five items, these extras, are not really extras, but really essentials. For today's Summit Gear Review, we will be reviewing the Matador Daylight 16 pack. This is a little cute pack that's perfect for cramming into your big pack and then using as a little Summit pack. It's a fairly new product and it's made by Matador and we reviewed the Matador Mini Pocket Blanket on episode 65. 
Also, if you remember a couple weeks ago, we had a great conversation with Jamie from Matador, and she told us about her experience in product design and creation. It was a really valuable conversation that I think people who are ready to kind of do a toe dip into product creation will find inspiring. So for structure, the Matador Daylight 16 is made of 30 denier ripstop nylon Cordura fabric. It's a waterproof material, and this little pack has water-resistant zippers, which means you can fill up this pack with your extra change of clothes, with food, with whatever gear you have, and it's going to stay watertight. This bag is also puncture-resistant, and the straps are breathable and lightweight. Which means the straps are not padded, they're not super soft, you're not going to put 30 pounds in this pack. It's built for lightweight loads. For utility, this is a super packable pack, and if you're familiar with Matador's other items, they all pack down really small, and the Matador Daylight has a small stuff sack which is attached to the inside of the pack, and the entire bag fits into that little stuff sack. The Daylight has a 16 liter capacity. On the outside of the pack, it also has a good sized zippered pouch that's pretty large. It's five inches by 10 inches. This pack also has two water bottle holders which are made of durable, stretchy mesh. And remember how I said it had a small little stuff sack that you could fit the entire pack into? That stuff sack is usable as well, and it's just inside of the pack, and you can use that as a compartment to hold your cell phone or your keys. For mass, this pack weighs 4.2 ounces, or 120 grams. For maintenance, you'll just want to hand wash this pack with warm water and then hang to dry. For investment, the Matador Daylight 16 is $50 and comes with a one-year warranty against defects or workmanship. For trial, I've been the primary user on this pack, and I love how it packs down really small. I love that feature in backpacking gear. I think it's a really useful feature. Um, another feature that it has is a loop on the outside of the stuff sack so that you can just hook it to your backpack. That loop is also helpful when you're trying to cram this entire pack into this little tiny stuff sack, and you can kind of use that loop as a leverage to get the whole pack into the little stuff sack. Yeah, that packability is really cool for non-backpacking uses. I mean, bringing books home from the library or going to the grocery store or a convenience store, you know, just all these things, because since it packs up to the size of a potato, you can basically just put it in your pocket. It, you know, it's just easy to carry it. And then when you need it, just unpack it from its stuff sack and you've got all that room to uh, fill it up with whatever it is that you're going to put in there. Yeah, that's a great feature that Matador has really incorporated into all of their products, that packability. And um, you're right, it's so convenient, so smart. Well, this pack is definitely going to be able to carry your gear for a quick side trip, not for anything more than that. There's no hip belt, so you'll definitely want to keep the load light and the trip short. You'll definitely be able to fit your 10 essentials in this pack, along with some snacks, some water, your rain gear, and maybe a few other items. Those are all part of the 10 essentials. <laughs> well, I meant like extra snacks. Right, which is specifically part of the 10 essentials. <laughs> I meant like extra, extra snacks, oh. like more than just what the 10 essentials requires. 
<laughs> Just giving you a hard time. Thank you. You keep me humble. <laughs> <laughs> well, this pack is it's durable, it's small, lightweight, and it's super packable. And I love that. And I guess I would say for you impulsive type of people, this is the kind of thing that you should stow in your car's glove compartment for when your sun-drenched morning commute ends up turning into a quote-unquote sick day on the trail and you just want to take off. This is a nice little, just a little pack to have stashed in your car so you're ready to go. We'll have a link to the Matador Daylight 16 pack in today's show notes at thefirst40miles.com slash 114. We've reviewed two other day packs in previous episodes. In episode 80, we reviewed the Chico Repeat day pack. It's only $30. The Matador is $50. However, the Chico is twice as heavy. It's 7 ounces, and it packs down to about twice as large, so it's not nearly as compact. It's not waterproof, uh, but it does contain a similar configuration of um, pockets and pouches and straps and so on. So that's an option if you don't need waterproof and you don't care so much about the weight or bulk, then you can check out the Chico repeat at thefirst40miles.com slash 080. Previous to that, on episode 61, we reviewed the Peregrine Ultralight Dry Summit Pack. And as the name says, it's ultralight and it's dry. So it shares two features in common with the Matador pack. It's pretty much the same weight. It's actually just a little bit lighter at 3.6 ounces, and it's waterproof. It's also a $30 pack compared to the 50 for the Matador. So what do you get with the Matador? Well, you get the extra pouches. The Peregrine Ultralight Dry Summit Pack is just a single bag. It's really meant to be used as a stuff sack, but it happens to have shoulder straps attached to it. So if you don't need that flexibility, then the Peregrine is a great way to go. But if you want it all, lightweight, compact, waterproof, and with more than one pouch, then the Matador Pack is the one to go for. For today's Backpack Hack of the Week, we have a little project for you, and that is to create a photo book with your backpacking pictures. There are lots of ways to do this. Lots of companies offer a photo book service, and we'll just talk about a couple. At chatbooks.com, you can do a 60-picture photo book for $8. And if you love using your phone on the trail to take pictures, this is a really great option because once you take 60 pictures, if you've downloaded the Chatbooks app, it will automatically create a photo book for you. So it takes all of the work out of actually creating a photo book and just kind of pastes everything in there. We have a friend who just runs down to the local big box store with all of his pictures on a thumb drive and uploads them all and gets the photo book printed there. So there are lots and lots of photo book options online. They're relatively inexpensive. They make a really nice gift to give to your hiking buddies or just to keep for yourself. And we'll leave you today with a little trail wisdom from our good friend on the trail, Marlon Doan. And this comes from her 1982 book, Hiking Light. She said, To walk well, you hike light. Light on yourself, light on your budget, light on the land. 
That's it for today. Thank you for listening. If you've been on a backpacking trip, share your story at thefirst40miles.com slash story. We'll see you next time on The First 40 Miles. Welcome to episode 114. <coughs> that was weird. Just kind of makes the drive kind of nice. Uh, 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 okay, <laughs> makes the drive. Um.